things we should be talking about today. I suppose we got to let you know they're going to do the impeachment vote tomorrow. We know how that's going to turn out. So there's not yep. not much to that, really. Yep. Um, all three indexes hit records yesterday. That uh, occurs. Your stock indexes, yeah, indices. That occurs every now and then. Four indices, if you include the positive Sean portfolio as one of them. <laughs> wow! You, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really something, and and this kind of fits into what we're about to talk about is one of the reasons I brought it up. Uh, so your your Dow is up twenty one percent for the year. The S and P is up twenty seven percent for the year, and the Nasdaq is up thirty three percent for the year. So if you got your four hundred one k or whatever spread around that sort of stuff, you're doing pretty well this year. Oh yeah, I just happened to look at those numbers the other day, and it cheered me. Oh yeah, no kidding. Kids, I don't care how broke you are. Put five dollars a week in a four hundred one k. Start oh, yeah. now. God, that's one. That's, now. that's right at the top of the list of things I'm 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 hammering into my kids' heads when they get older. I know you think you'll do it next year when you make more money. Or don't duh. Start the four hundred one k first job you get. Even if even without a job, the barrier to entry for amateur investors has never been lower. Right. And True. And t- t- nothing is better than time with investing. Mm-hmm. Time is the all-time winner. God, you start when you're 20? Holy cow. But anyway. Uh, it's kind of were... tough on the bod time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's good for the bank account. It is the all-time winner on uh, compound interest and yes. that sort of stuff, but not the all-time winner. I limp and I cough, but I'm rich. <laughs> uh, well, the main thing is when you really limp and cough, you'll have some money in the bank. Right. When you can't work. Yes. And you don't end up homeless. Get me a cane and some sort of inhaler, and I'll be fine. Or you're planning ahead. I don't know how this all ties together. Nobody exactly does, but our economy has hardly ever been better. And we got this exploding homeless crisis, particularly on the West Coast, Mm. and particularly in California. Well, particularly in blue states, blue cities. The New York Times has got an interesting thing today where a reporter walks around. Looks like they got drone footage. Or he can fly. I'm not sure which. And uh, and and he's walking around with a camera and sort of narrating it. And they lived, he hung out near a homeless encampment for three months across from a Home Depot in Oakland, California. Wow. Just kind of one of your overpass, open space, used to be kind of, I'm guessing, grass and shrubs. Yeah. That's now a homeless encampment. Does he estimate how many folks are there or... or- I don't, know if that, you or? I don't know if that comes up in here or not, but this it is how... like a few dozen, several dozen. Oh, it's a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, really? He, it's he, bigger than that? He talked to a hundred people. Oh, so. well, that settles that. Yeah. Um, okay. But so uh, here's him walking around. Before this assignment, I spent two decades as a foreign correspondent reporting on dangerous living conditions around the world. But it's been jarring to do this reporting in California. Residents at the High Street Camp in Oakland are plagued by rats and filth. They have no running water. In the sterile language of city administrators, the community here is called a homeless encampment. But you could also easily call it a refugee camp. Refugee camp in Oakland, California. And it is, uh, you got to watch the video. Uh, we, we, we linked it at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, yeah, wow. But it looks like a refugee camp. Like, From a guy who has spent decades covering things like refugee camps. Right. Yeah, and... Squallerton. What I wonder... Is are we just finding out there's a certain percentage of human beings that if they can get away with just not being part of regular society, showing up to a job every day, 
doing all the stuff you you, you have to do that, that often is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. There's a certain percentage of people that just don't want to do that if they can get away with it. I would say that is a substantial part of what we're seeing now. Yes. And they're all... Uh, it's, it's far from an exclusive explanation, but it's substantial. And they all are congregating in a particular area of the United States because you can pull that off there. Yeah. They will let you stay there. They will provide you food. People are dumb enough they'll give you money to buy your booze every day. And uh, you, you, can, you can live that way. There's just yeah. a certain segment of society, probably has always been true through the history of mankind, that if they can get away without doing, you know, with, without following the rules, they, they, they will. Yeah. Uh, I, I hesitate briefly to traffic in uh, cliches or stereotypes about uh, the, the sexes. But um, you've got dad type government and dad type societies. Traditional sex roles we're talking about here. And then you've got mom-style governments and policies. And let's, 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 because uh, there are a lot of great, reasonable moms and dads out there. Let's call it the hard-ass dad thing. And then the really, really soft mommy thing. Raising a kid. Kid says, I don't like my homework. I don't want to do, I don't want to go to my part-time job. Hard-ass dad says, that's interesting. Me neither. You got to be there in 15 minutes. Go. And the kid ends up there. The kid goes to work. The kid gets his homework done. And then you've got the codependent, overindulgent mommy who says, oh, I know, son. I know. You should probably stay. Did I hear a cough? Did I hear a cough? It's been a long week, hasn't it? And the kid ends up doing nothing. He's indulged. And he becomes lazy and self-indulgent, an excuse maker, and just doesn't take the deep breath and plunge ahead in life in the way we all must. Now, look, are there situations in society where it's too much great Santini hard-ass dad and and people who really need help aren't getting it? Sure, I'll concede that. Yeah, we need to have uh, some compassion with order. But, man, if you have nothing but quote-unquote compassion, that's the sort of compassion that is not compassion at all. It's, it's, it's a weird sort of self-indulgence on the part of the person giving it that, that ruins people. If you feel bad that your kid has homework and they're working hard and you do it for them, you have not done them a favor. Now this You've done them a disservice. And the blue states, the blue cities of America have gone so far towards soft, loving mommy politics that people have just in huge numbers decided, you know, I'm just going to camp. Well, this New York Times story is presented mostly from a uh, look how the evil world has treated these good people um, a standpoint. Let's hear a little more from it. One of the most difficult things about living here is knowing that at any moment you could be forced to leave with nowhere to go. During an October visit, city officials told camp residents that the conditions were so bad they feared fire and ordered them to clear a lane wide enough for emergency vehicles. The city sent in a fleet of dump trucks and removed 250 tons of waste from this camp alone. 250 tons! Great Scott! That's hard to even contemplate. Uh, yeah, so you should watch it, because if you live in the rest of the country, you don't realize that this is happening in America. I see it on a fairly regular basis, so I'm aware of it's happening in America, but um, they they featured one couple in the video, and they have these, these sad stories for everybody. The sad story for how a lot of people end up homeless, the very end thing that made them homeless, 
is is very uh, compelling often. But the problem is you can't be that close to homelessness in your life. That, right. that That's where you get into a problem. They talk about a, a woman who lost her job at the coffee shop because of the horrible fire that happened in California with the PG&E and all that sort of stuff. Well, if you're if you're losing your coffee shop job away from ending up homeless, that's that's a, that's a scary way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, indeed. Yeah. But, and they also featured two people on there that that kiss, and it's supposed to look. Hey, this couple has been on the. I can tell by looking at them, they got the meth jaw. Oh, yeah. Well, so they both have been using meth enough to affect their bodies. That's why they're freaking homeless. If you become a meth addict, you will probably be homeless. So don't. So don't. And what am I supposed to do about the the meth addicts? How, how come? What am I supposed to do to fix, fix their income lives? inequality? So they have enough money to not do meth or something. We have it linked at our, the video ArmstrongandGetty.com. It's a we. It's it's stunning. ArmstrongandGetty.com. Wait a second. That sure looks like a Starbucks cup with a some sort of mocha in it. I don't know if that's what it is, but in that particular picture. That's a $7 coffee if that's from Starbucks. That's a big old milkshake. You got the McDonald's cup there. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, they're um, reusing them. I appreciate the recycling. We got to come up with something because you can't have that across the street from the Home Depot. A refugee camp in the United States. That's Th- crazy. That didn't exist 10 years ago. Didn't even exist a year ago in this case. But Yeah, yeah. It's 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 quite the experiment being played out in various parts of the country that have been exclusively Democrat for quite a number of years, exclusively indulgent mommy policies for a number of years. Uh, those of us who live in places like that who don't swing that way, it's it's pretty frustrating, and you find yourself wondering whether or how long you want to be part of that experiment. Mm-hmm. But the experiment is playing out. We will find out what happens. Uh, the, the problem is that those who refuse to to insist that people take responsibility for their own lives, those who can, of course, not the mentally ill and that sort of thing, but um, they will continue to make arguments for why we need more of your tax dollars and more programs, um, and uh, and and you will see your state budget explode like the the federal budget has. But you know, we shall see. Um, uh, new study says fording at work is a good thing. And uh, shouldn't be ruled out of the workplace, among other things we can talk about today on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, I would prefer that college professors in their, their, their brilliance design the workplace utterly sexless because of the power imbalance, Jack, don't you know, and gender roles and traditions and I, society. I do want to hear blah, blah, your blah. list of the uh, 10... Uh, the 10 great moral panics of yes. the 2010s. That sounds awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. Among other things on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too. Congress is reportedly close to passing a bill that would raise the national smoking age to 21. Said France, you're raising it 15 years? <laughs> that's a good joke. Oh, did not see that coming. No, that's what's good about it. A surprising joke. Excellent punchline there. Hey, you know, it's funny. I was walking. Uh, I was getting because uh, Trump's stupid is the punchline of ninety percent of jokes. <laughs> right. So any any punchline that's not that. Right. Right. So I was walking back and forth to the lunchroom um, during the break and getting me a little protein shake, 
And uh, I was uh, I was feeling a little bad, even though I issued many disclaimers about the whole hard ass dad and uh, overindulgent mom thing. Because I was thinking about uh, my own sweet wife Judy, who, um, you know, as we were raising our three kids, her rule was: if you if you got to school and you realized you'd forgotten an assignment was due, that was due, she would bring it to you once. You got one. Mm. And I think I may have talked her into one to per semester <laughs> because, man, she came from a family where you had work to do. You got your work done. I mean, there was just no question about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's not exclusive to men and women by any means. Um, by the way, our, our little one is home. Little D, Delaney May, uh, she got home the uh, yesterday. And, uh, oh, it's festive. It's great to see her. We don't see her much because she uh, goes to school on the other end of the country. Um but uh, we're thrilled. I think Baxter is even more thrilled. Baxter, our dog, because little D is a dog fanatic and loves playing with him. Mm. And uh, oh, he's in tall clover right now. Happy times, though. Happy holidays to you and yours. I hope you're having a good uh, season as well. While you are a nuclear family, it seems like a permanent situation. Mm-hmm. But then it ends. Oh my gosh! And then it's just rarely independent. You know, if it, maybe you're the family kind of family, and I know a lot of families like this. You all live in the same town, and you get together twice a week. Yeah, I have kids the rest in your three life. different states. Yeah, right now, and that's the way my life has been also. And we're, we'll all be together here in like a week and a half. The uh, the five of us, me and my two brothers, and mom and dad, who are oh, that's nice, still uh, doing well. And yeah, it, it's it's just so rare. And I didn't think of that as a kid because everything seems. When you're younger, everything, everything, every state of your life seems permanent. <laughs> uh, absolutely, because it's, it's the only thing you've ever known. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We're in fact, Kate, our oldest, is not going to be be able to make it home during the Christmas season. She's got a new job, and so um, uh, I think we'll fly up in January, probably visit her little Christmas junior. Anyway, uh, best wishes to you and yours again. Our good friends at Reason.com have come up with what they call the top 10 moral panics of the 2010s, which is fabulous. Gabe sent this along. Uh, thank you, Gabe. Well done, sir. Um, and it's just great looking back at the various overblown media stories uh, that, that I was going to say we all obsessed over. We mostly mocked them. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're mockers. Now, you mentioned the clown panic. That one. Uh, That's the granddaddy of them all. That's the champion. That was so big, it actually leaked into my life with letters from the school. Oh, yeah. We're aware of the recent clown crisis. What clown (laughs) crisis? (laughs) And we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but uh, they, 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 they open with this article with human beings are anxious creatures. We worry about things that might kill us. We worry about things that might kill our children. We worry about things that might get our children high, Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, let's see. The, one of the first of the decade, it was actually the final weeks of '09 when Avatar was released. Apparently, the cutting-edge special effects were so effective that audiences were reaching for their own cutting edges. Or at least that's the impression you get from some of the pictures, press clips. CNN and Psychology Today both ran articles on moviegoers' Avatar Blues, and several publications claimed the film was driving fans to depression, despair, and even thoughts of suicide. I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't either, but they cite all the specific articles and have links. All of these stories were based on a single thread on the fan website Avatar Forum where viewers discussed the feelings of environmental pessimism that the film had given them. And some of them even said, it makes me want to kill myself. 
CNN sucking for at least 10 years. Way to treat that like a real news story, CNN. Yeah, yeah no oh, kidding. Oh, that is so weak. Years after these fears of film-induced self-harm had subsided, even darker fears spread about the 29 hit, 2019 hit Joker. The fear was that involuntarily celibate men or incels would decide to shoot up the theater because that is almost kind of one of the plots of uh, of Joker. Um, oh, by the way, I should have mentioned that there was absolutely no record of anybody killing themselves over Avatar uh, in spite of all that, and the, the Joker thing went fine. Oral panics, a subcategory of moral panics coming up. Various things people were eating that we were supposed to be <laughs> briefly afraid of. <laughs> eating, snorting, whatever. <laughs> That's hilarious. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Phillips? Well, we got new poll numbers, more good news for President Trump. We got an update on the fate of this week's Democrat debate and what people really want. For Christmas this year. So you have some uh, update on whether or not they're actually going to have the debate? Indeed. Yeah, I was actually, I, I know this is weird. Joe said this the other day. I was kind of looking forward to this debate. It feels like it's getting chippy and they're going to start going after each other. You almost have to, don't you? Yeah, but at the same time, I like the idea of, you know, some tiny little union on a college campus that slops the food onto the trays is on strike and so they're going to cancel the debate. I just love that tiny little tail wagging the dog thing, too. So it's I, I don't know what outcome I'm rooting for. Yeah, that's pretty odd. Anyway, all that stuff and more of the moral panics yeah, of the enjoy 20 Enjoy a Tide Pod, and we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to the great moral panics of uh, the 2010s. That's right, Jack. The things we're supposed to be worried about, according to the media, over the last 10 years. History doesn't actually unfold in decades. That's what I have to keep reminding myself. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It's it's kind of like the whole generations thing. Generation X wants this. Well, you know, if it's, if it's spread out over a couple of decades, your generation. Right. Those people are quite different. You know what? Uh, I th- one of the main reasons we got to that whole decade mania thing is I think because... I blame the 40s. The stock market crashed in October of 29. Mm. So the depression was the 30s. There you go. And then World War II, our involvement in World War II, obviously started in 41. Right. And so you had a decade of that, then you had a decade of that. And it just kind of, I don't know. But the idea that the 70s are a certain thing distinct from the 80s is really pretty silly. Right. When you can just as easily make it 65 to 75 and 75 to 85. Choose that as your decade. Right. The 60s that people talk yeah. about is mostly 1965 to 1976. True. Yeah, true. In in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. All right, here's your headline. USA Today poll impeached or not Trump leads his Democratic rivals for another term. This is a new USA Today Suffolk national poll. It was taken as the House is All these planning. polls are suffocating me. Which polls? Too All many. of them. Okay. Too to, many of them. It's hard to imagine what, Mike. The, what they accomplish. But anyway, go on, Mark. Well, there's, there's a baseline in this. Anyway, the poll was taken as the House of Representatives are planning the impeachment vote. And anyway, it shows Trump defeating former Vice President Biden by three points, uh, Bernie Sanders by five, Warren by eight points, and... Uh, the uh, number of uh, points uh, beating the other candidates increases as you go down the list. 
Now, polls taken nearly a year before an election are hardly a reliable indicator about what the eventual outcome is going to be, especially when the other nominee hasn't even been chosen yet. But the findings do indicate that impeachment hearings detailing what critics see as Trump's violations of the Constitution and his oath of office have not undermined his core political support. And the only interesting thing going on in polls to me is how we just are not in a position to change our minds about anything anymore. Right. And part of it is probably not trusting the the, the, the information flow. I was going to call it the news, but just the information flow, we... We don't believe any of it, but we just we just don't move. N- nothing changes our minds. You know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of the candidates, I just got turned on to an article entitled, it's from The Atlantic. Um, why is the young left out to get Buttigieg? Here are four theories. Actually, the, the tease to the article is better. Why young progressives hate Pete Buttigieg. Edge Edge, they say. Pete Edge Edge. The young edge, crowd edge. likes yeah. Bernie by far. He is far and away. Remember, I had that poll the other day. He had like 50-some percent of the under-35 crowd. And here's what they say about Edge Edge. Uh, Young progressives on the Internet don't seem to like Pete Buttigieg much. They've called him the most obnoxious type of millennial and a boomer wrapped up in a millennial's clothing. And (laughs) and my favorite. That's a funny line. I don't know what it means. My favorite, Build-A-Bear for middling Democrats. Uh, a, A candidate seemingly dreamed up by some Democratic National Committee algorithm. In a baggie full of uncut special interest talking points and a grab bag of gifted and talented party tricks. Um, They just don't think he's authentic. He's not a number one. Their number one theory is don't overthink it. They hate him because he's not a socialist. Yeah, that's what I wonder. He's Uh, too moderate. They hate him because they think he's a liar. He initially supported Medicare for all. Now he openly criticizes it. Uh, They think he's a traitor to his generation again because he's not a, uh, a socialist. Chris Christie the other day said Buttigieg is a complete phony. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. But... Interesting. Yeah. Boot edge edge. <laughs> now we... And then finally, one more. Yeah. That was worth it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Boot edge edge. <laughs> Boot edge edge. Oh, <laughs> he performs a specific archetype in this race. Your polite, hyper-achieving high school friend who delighted the parents at that Christmas party with his piano rendition of Silent Night, which made your friends roll their eyes so hard the retinas detached. That's pretty good. Ah, on another matter, I have got an update for you. The Democratic debate will happen. Oh, no. It's on. The debate... Debate scheduled for Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles on Thursday was threatened due to the presidential hopefuls not wanting to cross a picket line. Politico is reporting that LMU and a labor union representing the cafeteria workers have reached a tentative agreement. So I said, you're kidding me. I think you were gone for the last debate. Uh, yeah, I and think that was the day before my yeah. surgery, wasn't it? So the last debate... Um, the next day, we ended up not talking about very much and playing like two clips because right. nothing happened. Yeah. There just yeah. was nothing right. that came out of that that oh, was yeah. worth discussing. No, I think I was playing in a golf tournament, come to think of it. Anyway, uh, well, that was my impression watching it, too. Yeah, there was just, just, there was just oh, nothing boy. there. It was not a news story. Yeah. And it got no coverage on the, the, the networks didn't even really cover it the next day. So I don't know if this will be different or not. And the U.S. Senate is expected now to pass legislation to prevent the kind of false missile alert that triggered panic in Hawaii nearly two years ago. 
A bill up for a vote includes a provision that would take away local government's authority to issue missile alerts. It gives that job to the U.S. government instead. Because they'll be better at it? Supposedly. Oh, boy. Anyway, we'll (laughs) see. Oh, boy. We'll see how that works out for him. Now, if you happen to be scratching your head over what gift to give, Lice. For, what <laughs> gift to give for Christmas, you might consider cold hard cash. According to a survey from Country Financial, nearly half of those who participated said they would rather have money to pay off their debts than a gift like a vacation or luxury item. Twenty percent say they need money to pay off their mortgage. Yeah, don't we all? are looking to pay off credit card debt. 9% want to get rid of personal loans. So the new feeling is, hey, you want to make somebody happy, just give them a wad of cash. Wow. Well, see, the good thing about money is that if you don't like money, you can exchange it for stuff that you do like. Mm, Right. That's a good point. That is. a good point. It's the universal gift certificate. I'll tell you what. How do you feel about this? How do we, We ought to have a committee vote. My two bigger kids are young and broke. They're out on their own. They're working as hard as they can, but they're young and broke like I was, like you were, like a lot of people are. Um, and uh, we asked them, you know, what's on your Christmas and what would you like for Christmas? And the answer was money. <laughs> Please, <laughs> money. And so we're, we're probably just going to write them a check. Is that bad? It seems bad, but it's not. I don't it's think awesome it is. Them. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sean, we need you in this. Yeah. Right. They'd rather have a book from an author that you know they like. No, they they need cash at this point in their life. Right. They'll catch up on the books later. Yeah. I, I liked getting something. Dad, if that I was, get a flat tire, I can't eat. So <laughs> I liked getting something that was a luxury, though, because I was never going to be able to afford to buy anything that was right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. now it would be a cooler phone or something like that. It was just never going to happen. I, you know what I was thinking of? The combo package. A little cash. little contribution to a 401k or something like that. Get that started or a retirement account of some I've sort. deposited money for you in a mutual fund. <laughs> yes. You can access when you're 62. I'm, I'm, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so there you go. To send the message. And then maybe something nice that they can't buy for themselves. An instant pot. The, the, uh, there you go, yeah. Michael. They're very popular. Indeed. You can't go or, wrong or with just, a you Or they just they, some pot. What do you mean something you can't buy yourself? Something you can't buy yourself, like an unregistered gun? <laughs> Something like the dark web. Exactly. <laughs> right. You can't go wrong with a U.S. savings bond. Or some meth. You know what this is? It's a Chinese panda. There's six in the world. Don't tell anybody. Feed it immediately. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You know, you mentioned your, your oldest isn't coming home for Christmas. I started my first radio job 35 years ago today. I always think of that on December oh 17th gosh. because I got hired because the evening guy was mad that he wasn't going to get to go to the Christmas party and was throwing a fit. Oh. So they hired me to work so he could go to the Christmas party. Um, uh, and then I ended up working, but I know I didn't get to go home for Christmas that weekend because I just started my first full-time radio job. mm which is what you do when you're poor. You stay in your little apartment by yourself right. during the big holidays and wish you were home, but you can't be because right. you need a job. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, uh, and I, think that's a, I think that's a good idea. You know, it's, it's a rite of passage. Yeah. It's, it's sad. I'm not happy about it on any level. I remember my first Christmas. You know, it was a little different because I, I had a wife. And thank gosh, did we have a kid the first Christmas we didn't go home? I can't remember. Judy would, but I can't. Um, Because your brain's soft? Well, uh, among other things, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lotomy <laughs> is soft. <laughs> no, but it's it is a rite of passage. You, you realize, okay, I'm on my own. I'm my own person, captain of my own ship. I still have ties to the the home port, but uh, you know, here I am. It's 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 bittersweet. Mm. So. Moral panics of the last decade, things we were supposed to be terribly, terribly worried about, will continue on with that list, including various things people were putting in their mouths, or so we were told. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid, stupid media. That's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So he was gay. <laughs> Is that right? Um, you know, it's this song is funny. You should play this, Michael. George Michael? Speaking of my kids, my son, Declan, who is uh, rather a gifted uh, uh, art and social critic, precisely at a time when you can't possibly make a living doing that, um, wrote me a rather long essay on why he believes Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time is the worst Christmas song of all time. (laughs) I'd be into that. And it was quite persuasive and well-written in his usual style. I'd be into Uh, that. I responded with that song, saying I'd like to offer that in in reply. That's a pretty good retort. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So uh the folks at reason.com with their uh, great moral panics of the 2010s list which is uh, very amusing in a lot of ways. Uh particularly if you see the world more or less the way we do, which is that the media is so desperate for ratings they will try to scare you any way they can and report on utter bunk as a dire threat to you and your children. Do you remember Bucky Balls? No. Or the the similar Zen magnets. There were reports of kids eating them. They're magnetic balls that they that people used as like a fun desk toy. But if you swallow a couple of them, they can like press against each other, up against intestinal walls, and cause internal bleeding. Oh. Well, the federal government decided to crack down on them in 2012. It ordered recalls of the product, filed lawsuits against the companies, even though they caused a tiny, tiny fraction of injuries of all sorts of things that kids do. Right, um, right. And so most of the producers of these magnetic spheres were eventually put out of business. Then by 2018, a judge tossed out the last outstanding recall order, finally allowing these playful products back on the market because they were fine. But then the country had found a new threat to children's innards, Jack. Tide pods. Mm. Um, blah, blah, blah. The, uh, the Tide Pod Challenge allegedly had uh, a brave <laughs> I- champion trying to eat the bitter soap product on camera. Younger children supposedly attracting attracted to these laundry aids, scents, and colors were getting sick in a handful of cases dying from eating them. Um, it's much more common for children to die from swallowing other household goods, such oh, yeah. as batteries, and that doesn't usually prompt people to try to ban those items outright. Yet a pair of New York State lawmakers introduced a bill to ban Tide Pods. Oh, you got to be kidding. YouTube took down Tide Pod Challenge videos. Facebook deleted memes. The New York legislation never went anywhere, and online teens soon graduated from eating Tide Pods to snorting condoms. I don't think a kid could eat a Tide Pod. Like, I put one in the... Um, Bunch of condom snorters. I put one in the washing machine this morning. And uh, they're too big. You'd have to chew it. And it, the first the first taste of it, you would spit it out of your mouth. It'd be so awful. 
Right. I, I just I don't believe it's something people would eat. Right. And what are you going to do with somebody who intentionally ingests the, the dishwasher oh, detergent? The, the older crowd that does it on purpose? Well, whatever, Darwin. I mean, I'm You're I mean, an I'm, idiot. Yeah, I don't care about that. I'm sorry if your child <laughs> is an idiot. I really am. It happens. Well, but I meant for the little kid who accidentally got in there. I right. think you'd get it in your mouth and immediately go, eh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many household products that oh, answer yeah, the description yeah. of your toddler should not eat them. Right. Uh, now, I, I was into this one for a while. I got to admit, the bee panic, colony collapse disorder, uh, politician or uh, publications warned of the bee apocalypse or bee mageddon. That wasn't real? I thought that was well, real. It, it was because they were seeing a, a lot of uh, wild colonies disappearing. I thought this one was a little smug and cynical, which reason can be from time to time. Uh, but they do point out that, um, uh, the actual number of honeybee colonies is continuing to grow despite the increased bee mortality rate. Commercial beekeepers have addressed the increasing uh, rate by rapidly rebuilding their hives. Hives, zabadabadu, uh, um, and uh, and and the bees are fine. We have plenty of bees, and there's never been any economic effect or anything like this. I found this one a little smug because you ought to know if a critical uh, species is dying off and why, but. Moving along, they get to the the plastic straw ban mm-hmm. and how indefensible that is. They mention that the whole state of Cal Unicornia, where realism goes to die, uh, made it illegal for, for full-service restaurants to offer customers a plastic straw unsolicited. So I can ask for one and they'll bring me one, but yes. they, they made it illegal to right. offer it to me unsolicited. What kind? I mean, that might be the most nanniest of nanny state laws ever. Right. The the paper straw, ironically, sucks. Yeah, it does. The restrictions were supposed to stem the tide of plastic waste pouring into the world's oceans, but on closer examination, those straws weren't a substantial reason reason for plastic pollution. After all, any cert well, for, and they mentioned the nine year old kid who did a third grade project on soda straws, and his numbers got picked up by the national media because they are extra scary, but they mentioned that it's a tiny percentage of waste in America overall, and the United States, because of our robust waste management systems, we're responsible for about 1% of the plastic getting into the ocean each year. 1%. It's the vast majority of it is from China, Indonesia, wow. and Vietnam. Even with the way we're in love with plastic, plastic bottles, plastic everything, we're only 1%. That's right, amazing. Right, because we dispose of it properly. There are billions and billions of people in Asia who give no you-know-whats, and they just throw stuff in the ocean, they throw it in the river, they throw it on the ground, and strewn with litter. Um, and it gets into the oceans. My wife drives around with a uh, a box of straws in between the seats in her truck for when she goes through Starbucks because those straws I gotta are start worthless. Doing that. I got to start doing. I got to put some in my golf bag yeah. and whatever. Uh, some some holiday panics. Uh, of course, we've had uh, the classic razor blades and candy apples to sex offenders on the prowl. In the last decade, the biggest Halloween related safety scares have revolved around one particular alleged menace: drug laced Halloween candy. The success of marijuana legalization led to warnings for parents uh, to look for uh, gummy bears that were pot-laced, etc. Yet there's no evidence that anyone has ever knowingly handed out intoxicating treats to children on Halloween. Drugs are expensive, folks. In this giant country, over many years, there's not one example of it actually happening. They came across a couple of stories of a child accidentally getting high, but typically the source of the drugs in these stories is the kid's parent, who then try to pin the blame on some stranger's uh, yeah. corrupted candy. That's, that's yeah. Right. 
And then, ladies and gentlemen, the granddaddy of them all. It started in August of 2016. Stories started to surface about creepy clowns <laughs> trying to lure children into the woods with candy. Oh, the first such incident allegedly occurred on an apartment complex in Greenville, South Carolina. Soon, stories of clown sightings were popping up all over the country, scaring not just impressionable kids, but also authorities you might have hoped could keep a level head. Yeah, no kidding. And and they mentioned uh, Seattle Public Schools telling parents and students to report any clowns they see. Kemper County, Mississippi banned clown costumes. Hundreds of districts all over California and, and across the country had warnings and letters home to the kids and oh, the yeah. parents. And Our school district did. But no stories of clowns luring children into the woods were ever actually confirmed. At most, you had some cases of clown costume people taking advantage of the panic to dress up and spook people. Indeed, the main victim of the 2016 clown panic appeared to be professional clowns who were forced to lay low lest they suffer arrest or violent attacks from colorophobic cops or private citizens. Fortunately for these full-time jesters, do you remember how the panic ended? The election of Donald Trump in November 2016, just as the clown panic was reaching its climax, shifted everyone's attention elsewhere. Oh, we didn't have time to get to secret Nazis echoing off the, uh, you know, the, the Army Navy football game the other day. When got, young idiots who were playing the circle game, which is an excuse for young men to punch each other on the arm, were accused of being white supremacists for giving a secret sign. How <laughs> dumb can we be as a people? There's Pretty dumb. There's nothing dumber than the clown panic of a couple of years no, ago. No, it is the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> yep.